0: We're going to read now from Psalm 90, reading from verse 1. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust, and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favour of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands.
1: As we come to the end of 2020 and look towards 2021, I've been spending a fair bit of time over the last number of weeks watching Christmas movies, as you, you might expect at the end of the year round about uh, Christmas time. And one of the things that I've noticed about Christmas movies, regardless of what movie it is, there tends to be a couple of elements to every one of them. There tends to be an element of reflection on life that has gone by, on our previous behaviour, our previous experience, and there tends then to be a focus on the future and what is to come, and the one is supposed to inform the other. It doesn't matter whether you're thinking about um, Dickens' story of Scrooge as he um, is changed and his miserly ways are laid aside and he goes into the future a a generous and a changed man, or, or whether it is any of the Christmas movies that we watch. There is always this process that happens in the movie. There is change that takes place in the lives of the central characters of the story. It just seems to be what we think a Christmas story, a Christmas movie ought to be. And as we come to the the turn of the year, it's right that we do focus on what has gone by and on what is to come. If we are going to face 2021 and deal with it in a way which shows we've grown and we are more mature now than we were over this past year. And so I want to offer you from Psalm 90 a chance to do that this morning. And I know that title is somewhat grand, Wisdom for the New Year, and yet that is precisely what I want to offer you. Not wisdom that I have, but wisdom that comes from the Word of God that you might receive and might go into 2021 and live in light of. When we come to Psalm 90, we are given a a portrait, a picture, as it were, of our lives. Moses is the author of this psalm, and as we read it, we recognize in him that ability to reflect on what has gone by and look to the future changed in light of that experience. If we want to go into 2021 and live life differently to the way we have, live life better, grow and mature as Christian men and women, then it would be helpful for us to take the same journey that Moses does in Psalm 90. So as we face 2021, The first thing I think we need to do is, as Moses says, have God teach us to number our days. The first 13 verses of this psalm are interesting. They detail the struggles, the strains, the difficulties that Moses, but also the people of Israel are having. They have failed God again and again and again. Sin has been the thing that has characterized their lives. The very rejection of God himself over them. And as they come to uh, this point in their lives, Moses realizes a change must come. And in order for change to come, they've got to address this problem of sin. And it's uncomfortable. It's really, really difficult. And so Moses just goes through the whole thing. He works out in words the sins of the people and lays it all before God and then gets to this Point, the turning point as it were of the psalm and says Lord teach us to number our days he wants to reflect on sin and how big a waste of time it is for men and women especially men and women who say they are God's children there is nothing good nothing positive about it it is a complete waste of their time and here's the thing Their time is short. Time is running out. As we recognize when we come to the end of a year, don't we? Another year gone by, we look back and say to one another so often, where's the year gone? How did we get to December? It was just April yesterday, and now here we are. And doubly so in 2020. It was just March yesterday, and we've gone through a whole year of lockdown, and now here we are. It's nearly a year on. It's amazing how the time goes by. And as Moses reflects on the waste of time that Israel has spent in sin, so we can do the same. All the time we've spent in 2020 living, working in the opposite direction to God, denying Him His place in our lives, denying Him the right to lead us and guide us and so on, hasn't that been a waste of time? Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to recognize our time is running out. Our time is short. And we can't afford to spend it on these silly things, on that foolish way of thinking that we've had, or those foolish words that we have shared with others. This is not a morbid fascination with with our own frailty and failings. This is not us sort of throwing ourselves on the ground and saying, woe is me, I am a worm, and, and so on, in some false way because this is what we're supposed to do. This isn't us flagellating ourselves because I'm just miserable and rotten and I'm never good enough. That's not doing that either. It is us coming before God and honestly recognizing that we have failed, that we have sinned, and we don't want to do that anymore. This is truly a waste of our time, a waste of the life that God has given us, the freedom from sin that God has given us when we receive Jesus as our Savior and we want no part in it. And so we call with Moses, teach us to number our days and recognize that we don't have time for this. We have something better to live for. We have a God who has transformed us, who has given us new life. And now because He has taken away sin. He has placed all of the punishment for our sins on Jesus when we came and confessed our sin to him. We're free. We've been pardoned. We have nothing to hold us back now. And so as you look towards 2021 and you think about all the things that you want to do, the the, the aspirations, the goals that you have, we have in Jesus something far greater than all of them. We can forget the, the sort of ambitions that we might have in life. I want to climb Everest. I want to swim with dolphins. I want to raise money for charity. All good and fine things. Go and do any or all of them. And yet, the greatest goal, the greatest good anyone can live for is to glorify God, to worship Him and serve Him. that is what we have been liberated from sin to do. That is the greatest use of our time in 2021. And so as we come to the end of the year, that is what we have been freed to do with complete abandon to pour everything we have into that task. And 2021 will have been a success if we pour ourselves into that Moses says numbering our days will help us to do that. It will give us the heart of wisdom. We can reflect back on the time that we have spent, the time we've spent well and the time that we've wasted and help that motivate us to look to the future and take the best and abandon the worst. To recognize that we've been freed from sin in Christ, to live for something better, something greater and to focus on that future. When Luther preached on this psalm, he called all Christians to pray that God would make us all mathematicians like this, that we might number our days. It's a sobering thought, but if we spend our days ignoring the fact that our days are getting shorter and shorter with each passing one, we're not going to be ready when our end comes. But more than that, we're not going to use our time now to the best effect Make the best use of the days that God has blessed us with. We're also not going to be bothered about dealing with the ongoing problem that we have of sin in our lives. That we've been freed from sin and death and yet sin still marks and mars so much of our thought life, our speech and the deeds that we do. But when we know we face our end, Moses says, and Luther says as he preaches on this, that we are changed. Our priorities are changed. Greater perspective is given. Wisdom is given. And so we are ready to face reality. Facing the brevity of our days in light of the lives that we have led, lives of sin and frustration, encourages us to call upon the Lord's mercy, which is what Moses does in the psalm. He calls on the mercy of the Lord in the face of death, because what else can he do? Who else can you call upon? There's no one. The best doctor in the NHS can't stop you from dying. Your friends and family and loved ones, your job, your home, none of these things can stop you from dying. There is nothing we can do when we acknowledge that death is approaching us but call out for the mercy of God. And we live in a day when doctors can really string your life out. Decades beyond when we would have naturally died were it not for the advances of medicine today. And yet for all of that, they can't deal with death. Only God can. The only hope we have in the face of our end is God's mercy. And Moses is writing this. Moses has just walked through ten terrible plagues, the last one of which resulted in the death of the firstborn of all of the families of Egypt. He's understood what it means for God to be in control of life and in control of death. He has heard God say to a whole generation of his own people, you will not enter the promised land. You will die in the wilderness. And the rate that they must have died at, if the Bible was right about the number of people who left Egypt, they would have had 70 funerals a day in the wilderness wilderness. Moses knows that the power of life and death resides with God, and so we can only call out to him for mercy but we do so because God not only has the power, but also has steadfast love, and so will grant us mercy in the face of death. Life expectancy in the UK is 80 years on average. This is the first generation uh, to see the life expectancy not grow, but halt where it is. For the moment, we aren't growing older. We're sort of stalling as it were our health isn't constantly getting better and so with that in mind can I ask you the sobering question as we come to the end of 2020 how many days do you have left there are actually websites that you can go <laughs> type in your date of birth and type in how long you you sort of think that you will last based on you know your parents or your brothers and sisters or whatever else it might be and it will give you a, an estimated number of days hours and minutes left until you die. I'm not saying all of this at the end of the year to depress you. I really am, and I realize it might be, but, but I'm not saying that to depress you. But there are serious consequences when we think on how long we have left and on how we want to use this time. The first is that we will never come close to fulfilling our potential if we don't count the days that lie before us. There is always tomorrow to do that thing, to read that book, to come before the Lord in prayer, to serve Him in this way. Always another day. The most accomplished uh, business people, CEOs, whether it's Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or whoever it might be, have been successful because they have been driven constantly by the need to get things done today, not tomorrow, not next week, now. It makes them sometimes not very nice people, but it means that they get much done. They have been uncompromising. And here's the great thing for us. The more passionately we pursue Jesus, the more like Him we grow, the more His Word and His Spirit work in us and conform us to His image, the more we work towards growing in grace, the more we accomplish for God, the more we glorify Him here and now the less time we waste. There is no greater example than Jesus. Look at what he accomplished in three years in life and ministry. Everything came second to the mission of God. Not tomorrow, not next week. I must work hard for him now. Everything Jesus had every minute of every day was poured into working for God to see his mission complete. And yet he had time for people. He set time aside to spend with Mary and with Martha and with Lazarus, and they knew him well, and you only get that kind of relationship when you spend time with people. But again, he spent his time in that friendship, constantly teaching them about God, blessing them, building them up, encouraging them. He was always laboring for God's glory because he knew a day was coming when he would be gone. Jesus knew how to count the days. And he accomplished much. So, how much time do you have? What have you been putting off until tomorrow? As you look to 2021, what are you thinking? I'll deal with that in the new year. Well, perhaps the best time to start is now. You could wait till the 1st of January, but why not start now? There is no reason to put things off because we need to count the days. We have been living lives that have been marked and marred by sin. We have been freed from all of the punishment for that, for the purpose of glorifying God. So why wait even an hour? Let's be about that work now. So that as 2021 begins, we have been taught and numbering our days to glorify God with every ounce of strength we have. As we face 2021, let's not just number our days, but let us also remind ourselves that we are satisfied in God. This is where Moses goes next in verses 14 through to 16. We find that he has called upon God's mercy and hopes in God's reward. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and as for and for as many years as we have seen evil. This is confidence not in man's ability to please God, but in God being true to His Word, so that if we repent and turn to Him, He will show us mercy, and we will be truly satisfied with that mercy because we know that we have met with God and He has set us free. That there is none other that could do this. We cannot do this ourselves. And so if we know the mercy of God, we know we have received Everything we need to live this life here and now fully for God's glory, which is what we're made for, which is what we're saved for. It is a call by Moses to God to show his steadfast love and for Moses to be able to recognize it and live every day counting the days, live every day in light of it. Moses. And Jesus and many others use this as their source of assurance and comfort when they go through tremendous difficulties and when they have that sense that their end is before them, it is coming. They know that God's steadfast love never runs out and it never will do. It will carry them right through death and out the other side. And so they are able to live satisfied in God, regardless of the circumstances that they face. And the way that we can be satisfied with God is by doing what Moses does in this psalm, by calling out to God, casting ourselves upon his mercy, and knowing that when we do, he has sent his Son to be our Savior. Jesus has come and died our death. And so we can receive God's mercy When we come before God in prayer and confess our sins and our our lack of ability to lead truly righteous and holy lives, this is the root cause of our problem that God will deal with. When we then go and read something, anything in the Bible, we're able to chew over it and understand how it all focuses on Jesus, the very source of God's mercy shown towards us, And we're able to see that it shows God's steadfast love towards us. So when we read God's Word as a Christian people going into 2021, we read it slowly whether we read something from Genesis or Isaiah or Malachi or Matthew or Romans or Revelation, whatever it might be, we can read it and we can chew it over and ask that question, what does this show us about the love of God expressed towards his people? In what way does this tell me how much God loves me? In what way does this show me how God wants me to live because he loves me? In what way does this show me the hope that I should have because God loves me? How does this speak of the love of God towards his people? Moses says in verses 14 and 16, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. Let your work be shown to your servants. He's doing this very thing. He's meditating on, chewing over and over in his mind what God has done, recorded for us in the Old and in the New Testament. And what God is still doing for his people. And it amazes Moses to reflect on these things that God would still be bothering with people like him and people like the nation of Israel, even as they are sinning right now. As Moses is is laying all of this out in Psalm ninety, and it's the same for us. Throughout Scripture, we read that God creates everything and gives us a place over all creation to to control it and to shepherd it. To To um, to use it ultimately for God's glory, and despite our failures, despite our often oftentimes terrible sin, God sends us His own Son to take our punishment and give us His reward. He still persists with us, even when it costs Him that much. He constantly forgives us. He constantly gives us a place and a role in His kingdom. He uses us to bring about the spread of the gospel in this world. And the growth of the church and the blessing of the nations comes through Christ as we share that good news, as we live it out and bless other people all around us. And he plans to bring an end to sin and remake our world anew and give us a new place in a new creation where there will be no more sin where we can glorify him forever. All because of his steadfast love towards us. I have just described to you the contents of every book of Scripture from Genesis through to the end of Revelation. And so when our lowest days come, we confess our sins as Moses does in the first 13 verses of this psalm. And we meditate on the wonderful reality that is true regardless of whether we feel it or not. And it makes us glad for as many days as God has afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil, we know the steadfast love of the Lord. We experience it in all its fullness. It enables us to get out of bed on a Monday morning when we feel we just can't go on because the steadfast love of the Lord is enduring for me. He still sent His Son to save me. He is still concerned with me. He is still reforming me. He is still shaping me and molding me. He is still calling me to worship Him. Even though I feel like I'm in the most lowly wretch in the world today, God still wants me to come into His presence and praise His name because I was a sinner and He has saved me. And I know that my time is running out. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. And so I can take the time now to be satisfied in God for all that He has made me and all that He is giving to me. As we face 2021, we need to do these things. We need, lastly, to have us come under the favor of God. This is a peculiar thing uh, to read about today. And it's not something that Christians are all that comfortable asking for, to come under the Lord's favor. And the reason for that is good and right. We don't want to just ask God to bless anything and everything that we, pops into our minds that we take it upon ourselves to do. But in verse 17, that is exactly what Moses does. Moses moves beyond the thought of death and focuses on the life beyond. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This isn't Moses saying, just whatever I fancy doing, I want you to bless. Because I'm your uh, your son and, so, and you've set me over the people of Israel. And so I want you to bless everything and anything I do and say. He's not just asking to be made prosperous and powerful in the world. That's not what he's saying. He's just been thinking about and reflecting on his and the nation's sin and the steadfast love of the Lord in saving them and the fact that they're not going to be around forever and so they want to be useful in glorifying the Lord here and now in light of the salvation God has given them. And despite all the setbacks they've caused God, God is still accomplishing His plans and His purposes perfectly, so He calls out to God to show them His favor, because He wants Israel to work hard for the glory of God in the world. He wants them to be a nation. He wants them to take possession of the promises of God. He wants them to be a blessing to the nations of the world. And to that end, He says, show us Your favor. Give us everything we need to accomplish that end. That's what we want. I don't want you to ever stop working towards that end, and I want you to use us. Please, Lord, show us your favor. Help us to rely on your love. Show us the way that that we're supposed to go. Lead us on in that course, on that path. Use the work of your hands for your glory, Lord. Build your kingdom. Bless the nations. Establish your name in the world that it might be praised. This is like Isaiah in the um, the first half a dozen chapters of his book where he comes before the Lord. He has this great vision of the temple and God wants someone to go to the nations. But who is going to go to the nation and tell them that they need to repent? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And this is what Moses is saying in this psalm. We have been so sinful, and yet your steadfast love endures forever. Teach us, Lord, to consider who we are and who you are and how short our days are. And in light of all of God's plans, he says, and then take us and send us out. Here we are. Send us. I know we haven't been faithful, but you have. So send us out in light of your faithfulness and let us see your favor in the work that we do for you and for your glory. As we look to 2021, let's pray that God would show Lady Well Baptist Church his favor, because we want to see his name glorified by people all over this community. So they will need to be saved from their sins, and the only way for that to happen is for us to go out and have them encounter Christ, to share the gospel with them and to call them to repentance. We need to pray, therefore, that God will favour all of the efforts we make in sharing the good news of the gospel. That when we go out and do this, when we get creative and, and we um, open the community fridge, when we have conversations with our neighbours and our friends and our family, that God will show favour for that work and will see sinners saved in Ladywell and in Livingston. The people of this community are going to need somewhere to worship when they are saved, as we believe they will be, as we should expect they will be in 2021. And so we need to pray that God will favour our church family and have us be a welcoming, encouraging place to come into where people are um, able to find a spiritual home. They're able to find somewhere safe to explore their faith and ask questions and not be um, condemned and cast out for, for getting things wrong that they will be able to come and uh, falter and fail and yet trust that their Savior will lead them on by His Spirit and His Word and by the presence of their new brothers and sisters around them. The people of this community will need a mission field to go into and to labor in so that they can work out their faith with fear and with trembling that they can uh, call others to the Savior that they have been called to. So we need to pray that God will favor us and our, our ambition to go into the world and creatively share the gospel among infants, children, young people, single people, married people, families, people in work, people out of work, retirees and the elderly in need of love and of care. None of God's favor here is about blessing us so that we can simply enjoy His blessing in our own little little family here in Lady Well Baptist Church. It is about knowing the favor of God that will bless the people of this whole community and will bring glory to God's name. And here's the thing. None of God's favor is about making us comfortable the very opposite is going to happen. God's favor being shown to our church is going to make us really uncomfortable. It's going to push us outside our comfort zone. When we have to go out and share the gospel, that's not always going to be easy. People are going to ask awkward questions, say difficult things, challenge us. And yet it's still worth doing for the glory of God. Even as we see sinners saved and come into the church, we're going to be pushed outside our comfort zone. It's always hard to move over and make space for new people who have a different way of seeing the world and a different way of speaking and a different way of understanding and of learning, who are going to struggle, who are going to ask awkward questions and not get the answers at first. But for God's people, that is the only way to live. Constantly going out, constantly reaching, constantly lifting up our hands in worship and in praise, constantly pushing so that God's favor will be used to work out our own faith in our lives individually and together as a church to see his mission, his goal, his aim, his purposes worked out in the world. We had no idea what 2020 had in store for us before it began, and we have no idea what 2021 will bring. It has been a hard year, hasn't it? And yet, it has shown to us how important our faith is, how important our Christian family are to us, because we haven't been able to mix with one another. It's forced us to think about the mission of God in the world and try and figure out how can we worship how can we serve one another? How can we witness to our faith when we can't meet like we normally do, when we can't go into one another's homes, when we can't mix with other people during a lockdown? And let's not forget that we have learned so much this year. We have adapted and changed and we've managed, we've done it, we've come to the end of the year and as a church we're doing really well. We know the favour of God. We have known it throughout this year. Isn't that amazing? And it is for us to look forward to 2021 with a sense of anticipation and hope that despite our sins, the steadfast love of the Lord will persist in drawing him, drawing us to Him showing us forgiveness and giving us the newness of life. This makes us whole. This makes us complete. This means that we are lacking in nothing so that we might live fully for Him and for His glory, so that we might know His favor. So let's pray that the Lord will show us His favor in 2021 and will establish the work of our hands. Amen.